we had a couple of our regulars in the back try to convince me that I didn't need to preach after the children's program. So, that, so they communicate better than you did, and I, I, I believe them. Uh, I do want to just uh, just share a, a quick word with you this morning. Um, uh, we, we, we have to, uh, especially um, the, the you know, Advent, this tradition that, that, that we have. Uh, you know, Advent means, you know, the, a special arrival, a special guest. And we know uh, that that person is Christ, um, our Savior. But Advent, uh, you know, gives us the opportunity to celebrate and to think and to enjoy what it means for Christ to come. And that's why, you know, we have these different symbols here as we talk about love and peace. Uh, This morning, though, we're going to talk about something that is absolutely absurd to the world. When we talk about what is the real meaning of joy, Uh, I I won't be long, but it it is something that is profound. It it, it is so out of place. It's kind of like a a, a bad girls basketball team in Mason. You know, it just doesn't make sense because it doesn't happen often, right? Um, that's what, that's what joy is for a Christian to the world. Uh, the, the idea that we are filled with peace and hope, uh, no matter the circumstances we, we, we face. That's what, that's what joy is. Um, uh, some of you, uh, might not know me very well. Uh, some of you have gotten to know me, think I'm a little peculiar. I know our church family has, as I've been preaching through the, the book of Revelation chapter 12 this month. Uh, doesn't seem like the cr- traditional Christmas text. Um, I'm, I'm just going to share a few verses from it, but I, I just want to summarize this point that's made. The reason I love Revelation 12 is because it makes all these points so very well about what Christmas is all about. In the book of Revelation, uh, it, it was the, the idea of Revelation is it, the, the curtain was pulled back to John, an apostle of Jesus, in his old age in the island of Patmos in the Mediterranean, uh, where he was shown the things that have happened, the things that are happening, the things that will happen uh, in the spiritual realm, especially as the spiritual realm and the things on the earth that God has been working at in all of creation comes together and we all see it at the end is, is the picture of it there particularly to these churches that he planted in the area. That's a lot of it. But in Revelation 12, um, it, it, it begins by talking about that there is a woman about to give birth, and then there's this great fiery red dragon that's waiting to devour the child, and it seems so strange. But if we understand all of Scripture in Genesis chapter 3, whenever sin entered the world through the you know, through, through, through the temptation of the enemy, of, of the serpent, to Eve and then her husband, we see that sin enters the world. But do you remember the promise that was given uh, whenever God had that sin revealed? Uh, you know, he talked about the issues of sin with man and woman, but then it talks about the serpent. And he says, through the seed of the woman, which is absurd because a woman doesn't have seed, but through the seed of the woman... Um, the serpent's head would have his foot, his head crushed, though the, the seed, the son, would have his, his heel bruised, his head would be crushed. And, and we see all the way now in Revelation 12 that this enemy wants to devour this child. It's so strange. That's why, and in, 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 in we read about in, in, in the later on in the Christmas story, this usually doesn't get read, but not long after Jesus was born, Herod, the king over, the, over Israel underneath the authority of the Romans, murdered every male child in Bethlehem two years and younger. I mean, just think about how wicked that is. It's the reality of the story. 
Because there was something amazing that was happening, but there was an enemy that was against the power of God on the earth. But we read here in this text that Christ was born, he was protected and put into a place of authority over all the world. But we, we see in this story, it's the story of the gospel, it's the story of the battle and the story of the victory. But where we find ourselves in the story, this is the the part that seems absurd. I'm going to just read the text to you very quickly. Like I said, we won't be long. I'll pick it up in verse 7 and read down to 12. Well, yeah, in 7 and go down to 12. Then war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. The dragon and his angels also fought, but he could not prevail, and there was no place for them in heaven any longer. So the great dragon was thrown out, the ancient serpent who is called the devil and Satan, the one who deceives the the whole world. He was thrown to the earth and his angels with him. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven say, the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ has now come because the accuser of our brothers and sisters who accuses them before our God day and night has been thrown down. They conquered him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. For they did not love their lives to the point of death. Therefore rejoice, you heavens, and you who dwell in them. Woe to the earth and the sea, because the devil has come down to you with great fury, because he knows his time is short. What's so peculiar about these verses in the book of Revelation uh, is there's an encouragement uh, by the author as it was revealed to him to proclaim the great tidings of God and the great celebration, though there is great conflict happening on the earth. And there's a whole bunch more to that story in the book of Revelation. But here's the absurd thing about the Christian life. Here's the thing that sticks out so strangely. The idea when we think about Christmas, we all think about the fact that uh, you know, we, you know, Christ has come, we, we, you know, the baby Jesus and we, and we have this understanding, but I made a, a, a point in our youth group a couple weeks ago and some of the students just were, were dismayed that I said these things. Whenever we are born, uh, we, we understand that we're created. We, we are, we are not divine. Uh, you know, we, we are mortal and we automatically begin the process of dying as soon as we're born. That's a horrible reality to talk to your kids about, but it's true. I talk to my kids about it. But see, in the story of the Bible, we understand that that wasn't God's original intent for us. It wasn't to die, but because of sin, because of sin, now death has come into the picture of humanity. Before sin, it wasn't a part of the picture. That's why he sent his son to die. Jesus had a purpose when he was born. Our purpose was not to die. Sin caused that. But whenever God sent his own son, if you believe what the scripture says, in fact, it says in the first chapter of John that that, 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 that the Lord Jesus, when he was born, it says that he, he, he put, the, the, the actual wording means that uh, in the beginning was the word, the word was God, the word was with God. And it says that he, he came to the earth and he dwelt among us. The picture in that is that he put humanity on with a purpose, and that purpose was to die. Okay, God sent his son to die. Why? Because of us. That's absurd. It doesn't make any sense. And when we think about Christmas, we we talk about joy to the world. We talk about peace on earth. But I want you to know, for many people, they hear the message of Christmas, 
They sing about it when they go to church or when they hear their children sing it. But for some, Christ may have come to the earth, but Christ has not come to you. And we are here to proclaim what Christ has done for us. Because here's the thing, in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, Paul says so rightly and so profoundly that, that, that the God who sent his son, his son who did not know sin, put sin on himself so that we might become the righteousness of God. And that's what Christmas is about. I tell you what, I wish I had more time. Though I, I do not want you, especially as we have you know, maybe the largest attendance of the whole year, I, I really don't want you all to know every secret in my heart. I don't want you to know all the struggles that I have, the failings as a husband, the failings as a father. Um, you know, I, There's so many struggles that I've had, especially in my past. But I want you to know this. I think I am compelled to let you know the fact that I am not perfect. I, I struggle mightily with sin. But I'm telling you what Christ has done in my life has changed who I am. Who Christ is has changed the father that I am. Who Christ has done in my life has changed me and to make me the husband that I need to be. And, and if I could just sit back and, 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 and invite people from my past to tell the story of Ryan Buck, it might make the hairs in the back of your neck stand up and say, oh my goodness, I can't believe Mason brought in a preacher like that. But see, that's what Christ does. It's absolutely absurd that God would use a man like me. But see, he who knew no sin became sin for me so that I might serve the king. That his grace, his grace is his favor that I don't deserve. That I can show God's love and his power and his grace. And I'm going to tell you, heaven is thrown in. But I can live for the king on the earth. That's what this story is. is there's this great battle happening. And there's this great conflict. There is shouts of joys and hallelujahs in heaven. And telling the earth to, to proclaim and to rejoice. Because salvation has come though the battle is still intense. But see, that's what joy is. Because of who Christ is and what he's done in my life. I, here, here's a, I, I wrote this down because I knew I would kind of get off on it this morning. But this is what I believe joy is. Joy is a profound decision of faith and hope in the power of Jesus' life and love. He has promised to secure a future for me. Not to live for myself or to accomplish great things. But to live for him and for his purpose and his power. I, and it's a decision that I make. Though hard times come to my family just like they do yours. We're, we're remembering loss. My, you know, we, we, we lost a, a, a family member very close that, that's, that wasn't very old this past year. And, and the issue of loss, boy, it is profound in the holidays, isn't it? But whenever I think about the struggle and the pain, there's a decision that I get to make. Because I know what Christ has secured for me when he sent his son. I know what God has done for me. Emmanuel, God with me. God with us. To make us into the people that he's called to be on the earth. To represent his plan and his glory. And so I just want to ask you as we close this morning. Though we know Christmas is here. We celebrated on the 25th of December. Uh, we have more Christmas activities. Has Christ come to you? Because I'm here to tell you that if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ or have a relationship with you, you are missing out on Christmas. There's no greater celebration. Um, 
especially whenever we gather together with these children and the rest of our faith family to celebrate him in person. And I want every single one of you to be there with me to celebrate. Would you pray with me? Father God, we just want to say thank you for these children. Father, I want to say thank you, Lord, for this church family, Father, that is gathered, that serves and works so hard. Father, to sacrifice, Lord. And we do it because we love these kids. But God, we do it because of, Lord, the work that you have done on our behalf. And Father, I just want to ask this morning, Father, if there are folks here today, Father, that, that Lord, Lord, know because of what's going on in their circumstances that there's not a lot to be happy about. Uh, Father, or even if it's all going well, but there's still something hollow and empty inside. Father, I ask, God, that they might know, Father, that, Lord, whenever the world swings and tries to hit me, Lord, it's a hollow punch. Whenever the enemy, Lord, tries to take a bite out of me, Father, he has no teeth. Because, oh, God, your word tells us, Father, that death for a Christian, Father, Lord, means nothing but heaven. Father, Lord, the the strife of this world, Father, only means, God, we get to stand in your power. And, Lord, rest on you and take our burden off and put on yours because yours is light and easy and you want to pull for us. Father, it's because Christmas has come to us. Father, a Christian is nothing special. We're all sinners. In fact, most Christians, Father, in their past were the worst among them. But, God, we've been redeemed. We've been saved. And we have joy because we have a relationship with you. Father, I just want to ask on behalf of everyone that's here, Lord God, if there's someone here that doesn't have a relationship with you, Father, Lord, that the idea, Lord, that, Lord, that, Lord God, you sent somebody, Lord, that would take their sin and put it upon themselves so you might give your righteousness to them. Father, there's someone here this morning, Lord, that says, I need some of that. I need a relationship with God. I need to know what it means to follow Jesus. Father, I just pray, God, Lord, you would make that invitation right now. If there's those that are here that, Lord, are here to proclaim and, and proudly say, I'm a follower of Christ, but I'm just struggling. And, and, and I need help to know how to have joy. I just need prayer. I just need, a uh, Lord, just, just an ear. Father, whatever the invitation is this morning, Father, I pray, God, that you would invite them to respond. We're going to just sing a song. The words will be on the screen. I'm going to ask you to stand on your feet. If God is tugging on your heart to respond, to talk about salvation, to talk about struggles, or just to have prayer, you don't even have to talk to me. You can pray where you stand or pray down down here and make an altar for yourself before God. I want to invite you to do it. We won't be long. But please, please, if Christ has not come into your life, he wants in. Lead us on. stepped out into darkness, opened my eyes, let me see.
Father God, I just want to give you praise and thank you, Father, Lord, for your presence with us this morning. Father, I thank you, God, for the families that you've brought here with these children, Father, whether they're parents or grandparents, Father. Lord God, they have a very, very special role, Father, as they, Lord, pour in to these kids, Father. Lord God, they've been given a stewardship, Father. We know these children belong to you, Father. Lord, they're a gift from you, but Father, you have entrusted them to us. And Father, I just ask God, Father, that as we celebrate Christmas, Lord, this year, uh, Father, I ask that you would help them, Lord, provide what they need for these kids. Father, we know that they'll give gifts, and Father, there'll be great experiences with families, but Lord God, I pray, Father, for the gifts, Father, of strong marriages. Father, I pray, Father, for a commitment of, uh, of Lord, of, of leading these kids, Father, Lord, to follow you no matter what, God. Father, we ask for help, Lord, as we are your people on the earth. But, God, I do ask, Father, for joy, true, real, authentic joy for these families here, Father. Lord, and if, Lord, those are here this morning, Father, that, Lord, don't have a relationship with you or are struggling, Oh, Father God, I pray that we'd be a church, God, that would be an open hand and a bright light for you, Father. We love you and pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Hey, the last thing I want to say, and we're going to be dismissed, uh, John Taylor, who's the fellow that's going to be leading the marriage retreat, uh, he texted me earlier and told me, he says, he's, he's in the National Guard. Uh, and the weekend we're going to do the marriage retreat, he said, they're giving me a hard time about getting off because he's supposed to go to guard duty that weekend. And I said, well, let me know for sure. And then I never had heard back, so I went ahead and told you, we're going to have uh, the marriage retreat. And as soon as I said that, I walked to the back, and he said, they just told me I can have off. So there's a sign-up table in the back. Praise God for that. If you are interested in the marriage retreat, put your name back there, okay? And, and we hope to see you back tonight. But much going on. You have a blessed Christmas. You are dismissed.